This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the Fanalist, and Subby. Welcome, welcome. What an interesting, interesting hockey night in Canada, Saturday night, yet again. Uh, Roscoe joined by the Beaner, who is just running back in a sec here, but we have a special guest tonight. Marty Zilstra, also known as John Tavares, is underrated to all of you Leaf fans on Twitter. Welcome, Marty. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, dudes. It's nice to talk to you. I'm out here on the West Coast, so tonight was uh, a little more meaningful maybe for me than y'all, because there's a lot of rivalry out here with my pals. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I can only imagine out in Vancouver what uh, what you get from the fans being a Leaf fan. Uh, I mean, just off of that, do you, are you from there originally? What uh, what spawns the Leaf fandom? I so it's kind of a long story. The, the simplified version is I grew up in Northern Ontario, but I actually was born in BC. My folks are from um, Whitby, Brooklyn area, so east of Toronto. Gotcha. And we moved out here when or they moved out here when I before I was born I was born in BC we moved back to Ontario anyway um lived there for a long time my dad's actually there now in northern ontario so i'm not technically ontario blood <laughs> in quotes but <laughs> i uh i grew up in northern ontario and delivered the sudbury star when the uh the biggest trade maybe in nhl history ever went down cliffy trading for gilmore and um, wow, yeah, I was following them religiously from then on because I was kind of, I was I was always a music kid, not a hockey kid. So to fit in, I you know I want to keep up with hockey because all my friends were into hockey, which is totally f- cool because I liked it too. I liked the sport, I liked the vibe, and uh, all my pals in high school would go and play games, and I'd go watch, and I teach them how to play rock and roll songs, and so. <laughs> Um, that being said, I, yeah, I've always been a Leafs fan and I, I sadly am as deep in the rabbit hole as I'm sure you folk are as well. Yeah. And it's nights like these where we all question our, uh, our time that we spend and the money we spend, but Hey, let's, let's get into it and break the game down. Thank you again for joining us. Um, so JT Miller, because of course he's going to score, because whoever is in talk with the Leafs or whoever is in the news or whoever's an ex-Leaf, they're obviously going to score against us because that's part of being a Leaf fan if you're new here. So Miller opens the scoring, but uh, our JT finally ends his slump. So uh, John Tavares, the captain, opens the scoring and ties it up at 1-1. Love to see it. Um, it was tough seeing all the the hate on Tavares. I know uh, you and I are staunch defenders of the Leafs on Twitter. Um and I feel like I've never seen anybody have a point streak like that and still get hate. Well, Nylander didn't have any assists through all of those games and no one said anything about him. <laughs> well, I mean, everything Leaf related is controversial if you're a fan. Because there's, there's, as you guys know, there's different sects of fans. There's kind of this old school fan. And then there's maybe more of a new school fan. <laughs> Then there's casual fans, and then there's people... Less scarred and more scarred. Yeah, the people that literally do not watch hockey at all that seem to um, have lots of opinions, which, they're by the way, they're, they're everybody's entitled. This is this is an entertainment for us, right? And at the end of the day, this is our entertainment. And Yeah, I think John, John is underrated. That's my current handle. It was, um, I can't believe it's not bunting, which is way funnier. <laughs> but I think uh, Tavares is underrated because he... You know, if we didn't have Matthews in a weird, twisted paradigm where we don't maybe get Matthews first overall, then I think Tavares still is our first uh, line center. And then, you know, everybody talks about him instead and he, him getting 85 to 95 points a year, which is, or 80 points a year, whatever he gets. But yeah, it was nice to get the monkey off the back. There's other players that deserve criticism, don't get me wrong. But yeah, here we are. Let's talk about it. Here we are. You could just feel the stress like ooze out of him after that. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was obvious. Just yeah, looked looked skyward immediately. Like oh, thank you. Because I, <laughs> you'd think that being, I mean, I don't want to say buried, but for John Tavares, it's being buried on the second line. You'd think that would alleviate him of some of the media pressure, but no, no, none he, of it. You know, he's he's one B. You know what he. It's because he wears a C. He's a, yeah. he's a tough nut to crack because if you look at deep analytics on specifically just him, um, his defense is, is kind of falling off the, off the charts a little bit. And I've always kind of thought, maybe even last year, that he was bringing his defensive side of the game, 200-foot game, kind of 
bringing that up or he was valuable, but it, I don't know if, what do you guys think? Do you think it's Kerfoot dragging the line down and that's what his numbers, what's happening with his numbers or what, what is going on with John defense? I mean, Robertson looks great with them. Today, yeah. He definitely sparked something there. He's, he's fast and he brings a different element than Kerfoot does. I think, uh, it's hard with John. I mean, he has been taking some rough penalties a lot lately this year that I, I haven't seen of him in the past. Uh, I feel like he's getting frustrated more and showing more emotion, which, I mean, is good thing, bad thing. It seems that this whole team kind of runs on emotion, and he's now kind of absorbed into that. Uh, so I guess if they're all on a roll, you expect him to be up, but now he's he's part of that group that if everyone's down, he's slumping too, and it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, like, thankfully, it appears that Matthews has been able to pick up some of the defensive slack. Like, 100%. I have been so impressed, not that he wasn't, last year but he just continues to grow and grow the 200 foot game like there's no reason that he is not in the mvp talk um i don't know if if maybe john's maybe just trying to focus a little more on the offensive side because he knows you know we have him we have camp even spezza like you know maybe he can cheat a little bit but or like we none of us have ever had a hit like he took in the playoffs last year, right? Who knows if he still got? Not that I want to say that, but who knows if he still got some lingering effects? Yeah, training in the offseason. Yeah, fair. fair, really fair criticism. Yeah. I think yeah, you're absolutely right. I think you look at the team, especially tonight. It's interesting to think about what Dubas is planning and with his comments yesterday about only wanting to go after D. Maybe I, I thought uh, the only logical reason to bring up Robertson and play him. In, on the fourth line is to shop him for a trade and then all of a sudden he's on the second line and then he scores and then I, I kind of thought maybe this is what they were planning they were hoping he could be the second line left winger so that they didn't have to make that trade and he, he honestly Nick Robertson was a big positive tonight in my opinion with the goal but he was good outside of the goal a little bit too yeah, and I feel like it's just been a timing thing with him, right? With all the injuries and everything, they didn't know that they would have him at this point and in the situation that they're in right now where they need a top six or a top nine forward or winger specifically. So I think he kind of lucked out that he's been healthy enough and on a hot streak at this time when they're looking for someone that they might just be able to find it from within. So I think Dubas is confident enough in that that he's saying he's only going for a defenseman. And man, after tonight, I really hope he does. Do you think, hear, hear me yeah. out, um, the trade you'd have to make for whether it be JT Miller, although trading for JT Miller, he's a unicorn. He's a great, awesome, awesome hockey player, but he would cost the, a fortune, right? He'd probably cost just slightly less than Eichel. Um, do you think a player like Nick Robertson moving f- a number of pieces for Connor Garland kind of doesn't make sense because it doesn't move the needle as far as some, just having the, yeah, the internal uh, player, we get Nick Robertson, and then all of a sudden you can maybe you don't have to go with this crazy deep move like Forsberg or Garland. What do you got? Did you get, do you guys see that chess move from Dubas that I see, or is this am I delusional? And then move, Bean, go, take go all in for Chick, Chickering, <laughs> right? That's the that's kind of what I see, maybe. Yeah, I. I can kind of see where you're coming from there. Um, it, it it depends how deep you want to get into it. Because if you look at it, okay, do they think Robertson can actually have a chance at sticking? If they think that, well, you know McKay have asked out, right? So do you bring Robertson up, give him a handful of games to show, okay, yeah, you know what, he can stick. So then maybe you can afford to move McKay out. Mikheyev might be a little more of an attractive piece to someone. Might be able to pry a little bit more out. He makes more money than Robertson, right? Like it's. I th- I think there's they so keep many them. different I think ways keep, you can go. They keep Mikheyev. I think ideally they keep all of their forwards and they just don't move anyone. That would be the ideal scenario. Yeah. And yeah, see, in it, my head, like if I'm thinking to NHL, you know, game terms, like if if you have a winger that's like an 81, are you going to trade for an 83 when your defense is a 72? Like, no, you'd rather that upgrade on defense that's going to make a bigger impact. Yeah, fill the weakness. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. But yeah, exactly. I, although I do hear you. I mean, trading Mikheyev is something I hadn't thought of as a, tr- a trade chip, chip. I think he's he's their th- solid third-line winger. He can kill penalties, and he can he's on the he can play 
power play. He's kind of like this, uh, like they say, Swiss Army knife about Kerfoot too. I think Kerfoot, mm-hmm. Kerfoot, he's another kind of enigma in the sense that you're what you know you he can slide up and down the lineup, but he's not kind of got enough firepower that he's going to break the game, and that's that's what I think has been missing on the Tavares line, maybe so. And he's an expensive piece to move down the lineup, even though he can. Like It's like they had with Richie. You don't want to pay over $3 million for a guy on the fourth line when the team's in the situation with the cap that it is. Mm-hmm. No, but if you're winning, then none of this, if, none yeah, of this matters, I mean, right? None, nothing we're talking exactly. Now we're just talking splitting hairs over minutia. Like tonight, the we could dig deep on all of the goals, but I... I think Campbell has to have at least one of those, maybe two. But there were the first couple of goals. I think were fluky, a little fluky anyway. Um, you feel bad for Jack because he was so good early in the season. But then I was, I'm kind of thinking, were we so good with Jack because all the other teams had COVID nineteen protocols and we were just beating uh, depleted lineups all the time? Is that what we were doing, or did the did the shutdown in December throw somebody like Jack off, who does have a little bit of a he has a little bit more mental health issues than maybe anyone's willing to admit maybe. And I support, I support him uh, digging in on that. And I want him to be uh, a great person and hockey player, but yeah, it's, it's kind of strange. The whole thing's the whole thing with Jack is a little strange, right? Cause it's, is it defense or is it Jack? No, I agree 100%. It's between the break from COVID, then going into an all-star break, and now the whole team has the flu. I just, I don't think everything has been 100% since before the break. Like, this team hasn't been fully back together since then. I mean, we had, the other just the other night, Nylander left the ice to go to the bathroom after he scored. Like, yeah. Sandine was out with the same thing tonight. So it's only imaginable that, you know, Campbell and Mrazek are both fighting through the same thing. They just don't have the option of sitting the game out like some of the other guys do. Yeah. I <clears throat> I think it's a little bit of a perfect storm of everything, really. Exactly. Like, the defense has not played well, really, since the Christmas break, Christmas COVID break, whatever you want to call it. Um, Campbell definitely lost his groove over that break. And like you said a little while ago, Johnny, I don't think the All-Star game really helped. Like, okay, yeah, it would have been a nice break, a nice getaway for him, but... I, I don't think it helped get him back in that mindset, that groove that he needs to be in. Yeah. And uh, Marty, just to the point that I made about the all-star game with Jack is to be a player that's there, that's looking around being like, I'm here because I'm on a hot streak, not because I'm an all-star. You kind of, you kind of come back to the league afterwards being like, can I maintain that? Or was that just a blip in my career? So I feel like as somebody who's so in his head, like Jack, like that has to be weighing on him. Like, am I still an all-star? Well, that was what uh, Kelly, I liked what Kelly Rudy said, actually talking about his own mental health struggles about how he, he, in the voices in your head say, you can't keep this up and you're not good enough to be here. Basically you're an imposter. You'll never make it. And yeah. And then, yeah, going to the All-Star and saying that, yeah, I'm just on a hot streak. I'm not truly an All-Star. I'm not going to win the Vezina. I can't, I bear, I'm not, I'm going to like pretend, like looking around and knowing, feeling that you're not worthy of being there or something like that. Yeah, I think that those kind of things probably start to creep into somebody like Jack's mind. And other, Robin Leonard's been really, really honest about this kind of stuff too. And you kind of applaud um, their honesty. Kelly Rudy, I really liked what he said. I normally am critical of Kelly because I think that sometimes he kind of dumps on the Leafs. <laughs> and he's allowed, <laughs> no, he's he, allowed he to. He did have some good points. He's though. really allowed to. You're allowed to dump on the Leafs if you want to, if you're a broadcaster. But And but Kelly and Kelly Rudy has the stones and he's the he's got the experience in the NHL to do so. I think that some of the other guys who do it, I'm a little, like, I won't mention any names, but. Um, he used to play for the Atlanta Thrashers. Um, sometimes <laughs> I kind of really go at these guys, especially on Twitter. Um, Friedman too. I mean, they're they're all they're, they've all got their biases, as you know. But yeah, I, I hope it's just a flu. That'd be great, wouldn't it? It's just the flu, guys. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here. Everything's fine. It's, it's just just the flu. The, flu. <laughs> the, uh, the other thing with with Jack though is like. Yes, it was a hot streak. Yes, he hadn't shown that his NHL career before. The guy was drafted 11th overall. Coming out of his junior career, he was a prize prospect goaltender. 
like the stars had high high hopes for him and it didn't work out for the stars but it, it, it just took a little while so he's always had that foundation right it's just been putting it all together so i i i'm not like i'm concerned but i'm not you know sounding the alarm like a lot of people are right he now. reminds that you know he reminds me of and you're totally right he's when he's on his game he reminds me of of all people eddie belfour really quiet in the crease positionally and not a ton of rebounds but when he's when he's off his game, he plays kind of like Mark Andre Fleury does, which makes making bad bad plays behind the net stuff, playing the puck, passing it to the other team, and then letting a goal in. Kind of bad goals, maybe sometimes two two a night. It's kind of an he's an interesting goalie because you're right when he's on his game, he's yeah like Eddie Belfour in Toronto, like later in his career, who I remember as being elite. Eddie, Eddie was nasty though. Yeah, he was awesome. <laughs> I love Eddie Balfour. He's crazy. So so do I. He's crazy now. Well, I mean, he's God. God help him. He's a a rich man who just likes to party now. Uh, no, I don't know. I honestly don't know where he's at today. But he was a great goalie for Toronto. He's got his own whiskey line with his kids. Yeah, out of boy. So uh, just to move on to the second, how about that uh, Matthews Michigan attempt? Insane. So close. So close. He got it chopped out of his hands there. Um, so. The defense just kind of, <clears throat> I hate this. So um, Besser catches Brody out of place yet again. Brody had a rough night defensively. He's bad. And it's like we say all the time, if you notice Brody, it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 99% of the time he's amazing, right? He's saving Moe's butt. Um, but tonight, yeah, I mean, he's got the flu. TJ Brody yeah. has the flu. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're going to say for everybody. Um, but he has made Justin Hall a much better defenseman. I have to say Hull as the offensive of the two has been working. Like he's not a good shutdown pair defenseman, but if he's up there and joining in the play, he made some good passes and had a lot of shots tonight. I like his play. He's at least playable. I think, I think Hall is a great third uh, right defenseman. That's what he is. He's your third pairing defenseman. You know, who was bad tonight? Really bad. Like glaringly bad is uh, Dermot. He was just awful tonight. Yeah, Dermot, this is what happens. I mean, I I tweeted this out. Like, reminder, Sandine and Muzzin are both out. This shows the glaring, glaring weaknesses in the Leafs' depth on defense. Like, this is the level of having Martin Marincin get pulled up. I mean, totally. you can't have somebody go down and you go to the the bottom of the barrel. Like, it can't be this bad when one or two people go down. Yeah, and Dermot is a puck-moving defenseman. So when he's paired with, I don't know, anybody... Labushkin, who God bless Labushkin, he actually looked good tonight. Um, yeah, but Dermot is—I don't think he's an NHL defenseman anymore. I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> Man, that spinorama in Montreal must be haunting him. He's not the, the series <laughs> game that he blew. Honestly, it's since then he's been god off. Conspiracy theory—they've and... been trying to trade him for a while, and nobody wants him. There's a crazy conspiracy theory for you. Well, it's funny. I keep seeing all these top 50 uh, players on the trade board. And just because it's like all player names, but then they throw Leafs first round pick in just to keep Toronto fans happy. But then Travis Dermott's like 49th out of 50 or something. Like, is this actually a piece that people are looking for? Maybe. But mm-hmm. did now I, I can't remember. You'll have to tell me if I'm right or wrong. Did they, they protect, did they protect Dermott on the expansion? They protected Hall. I know Maybe that. They, did, I don't they think... didn't have to protect Dermot because he's an RFA. Is that the rule? That's that. it. So yeah, yeah, they couldn't expose him. So I don't know. Does Seattle want Dermot? I don't know. Yeah, we'll take Giordano. Thanks. That'd be a good trade. one for one. <laughs> no, that'd be a really good trade for us and them because they get a serviceable defenseman for next year, and we get Geo for this run. It's a pair of TJ. Brody. Yeah, retain. Honestly, I mean, I kind of said it as a joke, but you're right. It's not that crazy because they get somebody long term that's a young defenseman that they could potentially develop if they have the because they have more time than the Leafs do to spend on on Travis Dermott. That's for yeah, sure. and they're playing the yeah. long game. I like actually what the Kraken are doing, although everybody kind of thought they should do what Vegas did, which is like a go all in right away. But I like what they're doing. They're playing the long game. Maybe going for Bedard next year. I th- uh, but. I think I actually think Geo's the the backup plan. I do think Chitrin is the guy, based on all the other weird Arizona moves that Dubas made. Like, 
Yeah, we seem to be tied with Arizona, and I'm kind of down for it because they seem to just be a very badly managed organization. I'll take whatever you're selling. Arizona's yep. probably not going to be Arizona, right? They'll probably be Houston next year, maybe. Oh, I hope so. Probably. Houston or Kansas City, yeah. Yeah. So uh, second period, Leafs were down, but Matthews ties it up and ties Leon in the rocket race. Nice little play when he was with uh, JT and Nylander out there. And then uh, Demko loses his stick, and the Leafs are able to maintain pressure, and Matthews scores again to take the lead 4-3. I wish the game ended there. (laughs) We won our Stanley Cup. (laughs) Yay. We won our second period Stanley Cup again, just like in the Detroit game. We were up 7-2 at the end of the second. Let's call it there. So, yeah, third period seemed to be the problem lately. I mean, it's weird. The Leafs maintained pressure like crazy. They didn't. I think they were the better team today. I bet you, if you look, like you should win with the four deserve goals. to win o meter. I bet you we won the game. Based on like yeah, just I me mean, watching I, the game, I think they won the game. Trust me, Vancouver yeah. deserved to win. They were way better. They got they capitalized. They got great goaltending. They're a great team. But I think yeah, there was a point in the second period where it was like this is a possession sort of clinic right now what's going on we had the we had the puck in their in their end for like two minutes vancouver was collapsing yeah the entire end of the second period it's crazy yeah yeah thatcher demko is so valuable to them no kidding they uh they really made the right play moving off uh moving off on uh who's a markstrom they had yep here's fine i do do, i do agree with see I actually, <laughs> here's the thing, I, because I'm out here, I, I pay closer attention to the Canucks and I'm, I'm not a Canuck hater. Like there's a lot of Canucks fans who hate the Leafs. I don't actually hate the Canucks. I like, I like some of their pieces a lot and I, I think they're pretty cool actually. Um, especially Demko. I've always been a fan of his. Um, the, the biggest mistake that Benning made was being the GM for so long. First of all, no kidding. <laughs> but, I mean, there's so many mistakes, but the big one I think is giving up on Markstrom. I think if they kept Markstrom, they probably have a better chance at competing over a longer period of time than they have, um, and then developing Demko longer. Although then you have a bad, then you have the, the problem. You have two really good goalies. But what's the problem with trading the like? You can trade a really good goalie. You can always trade a player. So he wasn't mm-hmm. thinking that yeah. way. I, Everybody's looking for a goalie right yeah. now. I mean. Colorado Leafs in there, but like Colorado, their goaltending is horrendous. I have both Florida. My fantasy, my fantasy goaltending trio right now is uh, Campbell, Kemper, and Franzuz. So I got like this, uh, all the highs and all the lows. Yeah, I have the, Gibson. The, <laughs> Luckily, the bigger you hear me, then <laughs> the bigger mistake I think that Vancouver made. I know we're getting kind of off topic here. Um, probably letting Tanev go. Yeah. Yes. Rather than Markstrom, because then you not only did you lose Tanev, but in essence you lost Quinn Hughes for quite a while. Yeah, I agree. The, because you could argue you both know, of those Tanev players was, are good, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Well, talk about Toffoli instead of Jake Vertanen. There's another one. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Beagle and Louis Erickson. Which which mistake do you want to bring up? They've got they have so many, right? Um, it's like as soon as the off season hits, all Vancouver Canucks fans just close their eyes and hope just pray until October that he doesn't sell everything that's good. People don't talk about this though. Okay. So Vancouver is secretly a small market team with big market aspirations. They, they can't miss the playoffs. So they have to always kind of go for it. So that's why Benning was, and players don't like playing in Vancouver because the media pressure is weirdly equal or worse in Vancouver than it is Toronto. It's weird Um, because there's only one station. There's basically three guys and they all just dump on the Canucks every, it's crazy. It's insane. And so they have to overpay for bottom six guys like Jay Beagle and all these really kind of bad mistakes. Um, Roussel, that was another overpay. It was crazy. Erickson, everybody knows Erickson, but it was the right move at the time actually, because he just, scored 30 goals i mean who knew he was going to drop off a cliff but and i mean oel did not look great tonight i don't he's not the standout star defenseman that i think he once was and that was quite the questionable move that they made as well but i like it i actually like that that's a move i like i i didn't yeah see him tonight so (laughs) that means he probably was okay kind of like labushkin right we didn't really see him tonight fair 
So that means he probably played all right. Um, that's what you want. Yeah, he had a couple shots, though, which I was, you know, I, I haven't seen him shoot the puck yet, I don't think. So that was nice. He had a couple uh, chances firing it from the, the line there, which nobody on the Leafs does. Yeah, he reminds me of uh, Bogo a lot. Really simple mm-hmm. game, which which is what we need. I mean, Luke Shen looked kind of bad tonight. <laughs> he looked good and bad at times, so, but... Yeah, fired one over the boards there and almost uh, cost the game for them. The Leafs could have tied it up there, but... Uh... Yeah, so that's where things kind of fall apart in the third there. Um, Keith pulls the goalie with just under three minutes left. Leafs, like we said, they maintain pressure the whole time, just not able to get anything past Demko. It's really unfortunate that the, like, the forwards all played fantastic tonight. I don't think any of the four lines were really that weak, maybe defensively, but as far as everything in Vancouver's end, they were dominating. But it's like as soon as the puck came to the Leafs' end, it was fire sale. It was back yep. to the Detroit game, 10-7. to 7. Like Everything's going in. Yeah, whether it was a bounce or you know that one that squeaked through Campbell's legs. I mean, like we said, there's a cu- the, probably the the five hole one he should have had, and I don't know about the first one, but the the one that went off Brody's skate. There's no way, like, just an unlucky night for bounces. But that's hockey, uh, right? That's hockey. <laughs> that's hockey. Next next game, it might not be like that. Maybe Campbell gets a, gets a shutout. You know, that's the crazy game of hockey. So, well, do we think Campbell's playing the next game? I think you, I mean, probably not, but I think you have to play him. I think you have to play him until he gets his groove back. But if he's the guy, because Peter's not the guy either. He's, he's looked questionable as well. I mean, Buffalo, he was put up a pretty brutal third period, but was that, is it defense? Is that, is that what Dubis is thinking? He's thinking yes. we know we looked at our deep statistics and it's actually not the goaltending. It's actually our defense and they know it and they, now the entire league knows it. That's the other problem: is the entire league knows the Leafs need defense. So, of course, I don't. I don't know if Arizona's smart enough to harvest Nimala and I don't know uh, Matthew Nyes and the first out of Dubis for Chikrin. But if probably if that's the asking price for Chikrin, I'm saying no. It's hard. Well, knowing Arizona, they'll sit on the prospects, not develop them properly, and then trade them away to somewhere like Toronto where they'll go for the Calder. Thank you for Bunting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got lucky with Bunting. He's he's awesome. Okay. He actually had a good night tonight. Marner Marner had a kind of up and down night, but Bunting. One of those times where you're yelling at him to shoot. Like, he just kind of floats around with the puck. You're like, I get that you're looking for an opening, but can you – Make a decision, please. Well, the goal off of Marner's skate, where he he puts his foot out and it's a funny hop, and then the, yeah, then Myers shoots it in the net. I think Jack is like, "What the f- thinking?" Right? And you're kind of like, if Marner hadn't done that, maybe no, it doesn't go in. So yeah, yeah, and I feel like that's what happens when the team is less confident in the goalie. They're all trying to get in front of shots and block things, which is in turn not letting Campbell see things or get clean saves because there's so many people in the way. So it, it, it's kind of a catch-22. Although uh, Vancouver collapses a lot. You saw that tonight. They really collapse. Um, pretty, like Kind of like uh, Montreal. Montreal, remember 10 years ago when they went to the Eastern Conference Finals? Uh, Carey Price, what, he was so great, but they're – they played a really strong collapse game on the, and you couldn't, you basically couldn't break through it, right? Back when they had, and I'm not, I'm going to make up names because I can't remember who was on the team then, but pre Weber, <laughs> it was when PK was their star defense and he won the Norris that year, but they really played a collapse game. And Vancouver plays similar to that because they have a really mobile defense, but I think Toronto can't play that style. Um, they try to play the possession game. Um, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah, and get well soon, buddy. Jeez. Yeah, and I, like I agree that the collapse game can work. I just I don't think it's part of their repertoire. I think it's just something that kind of happens. Like they they just end up in front of him, and like Muzzin's really bad for it. I I notice him in front of Jack or Morazic all the time. It's awful. But it tonight it was like Riley and Brody were both doing it, where they're just standing in front of him trying to block things, and like Mitch did it on that one where he lost his stick. It's like get out of the way you have a goalie there give them a clean view of the shot and they can stop it but like if you kick it and start the puck bouncing you're lowering his chance of saving it by 50 percent. yeah absolutely you need to give them the sight line right like it, it, it's one or the other you can't get in there and just get a piece of it if you're going to get in the way you need to block the entire shot exactly 
you can't you can let it deflect on you off of you and onto him right but Michi Michi always kind of I think plays that sort of high chance game where he's like I think I can grab it like he dropped his stick mm-hmm. and then he goes he just instinctively goes out with his skate I don't think he was thinking oh Jack I need to stop this puck for Jack I think he just thought I can knock it down and then the de- defenseman can grab it but it just it went into the net and tonight was one of those like it's kind of been like that for a while where every mistake ends up in your net and turning it around isn't easy, but I thought Minnesota was that game where they turned it around and then here we are talking about the same problems over and over. So egg on my face because I'm always de- defending the Leafs saying that, no, they have a good defense. Here we are, we're talking about their defense. So egg on my face, I'm wrong. You just just got to play through it. Like look at what everyone was talking about with the Oilers, what, last week, the week before? Yes, they still don't have goaltending realistically, but they were playing like garbage. And they just, they put their heads down and they played through it. Like yeah, they we snapped just, out of it. Yep. Well, they it, fired their coach. It's a slum. Um, <laughs> that too. <laughs> they that, that too. they signed a, I think, a UFA that got bought out for kind of some personal problems. Those two things, I think, helped the Oilers. A couple. A couple personal and they problems. And they had, uh, um, Mike Smith was injured. So all of that culminated into them losing a bunch in a row, and then they've turned it around. I, I mean, it's easy to beat up on Edmonton because they got what forty-seven first-round, first overalls in a row, um, and they're still <laughs> must be nice. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, we <clears throat> we've only had two ever. <laughs> so, so, okay, so let's let's think about the defense with Sandine. We'll assume he's healthy. I mean, he's just out with the flu. So if your first pair is what Riley Sandine? Is that kind of what we've established here? If we're going to put Brody with Hall, no, like no, no, that's that. That was just an experiment that didn't work. I think Keith said uh, he was asked, "Are you going to use Riley Sandine again?" And he said, "No." <laughs> okay, good. So, so if we're talking, then putting Brody back on the first, and you've got somebody, I guess a partner for Labushkin, who's your Muzzin fill-in, and then what's your third pair? Hall and Lily, Hall and Sandine. I, I'd put Lily and Labushkin for now on the second, or not Lily, sorry, Sandy and Labushkin on the second. And Labushkin, yep. but then when you bring somebody in, who goes out? Hall. Drop Sandine down to the Lily, third with Lily again because they Hall. were they were great. Lily Sandine is the third pair, and then yeah, your Muzzin replacement with Labushkin, and then Riley Brody. Yep. Okay, so yeah, I like that. Chick, now Chickren is. A, can we do that tomorrow? Chickren and Giordano <laughs> are both left. Right, but I think Chicken can play right. They, they were. I like the idea of reuniting Giordano and Brody a lot. I like the idea mm-hmm. of Labushkin and Chikrin too. I like that. I yeah. like Chikrin as well. Chikrin would be better long term for us, right? Yeah, th- the price is going to be insane for a long term piece. Chikrin's going to be an all in mm-hmm. move, right? Yeah, that's going to be like uh, McDonough and JT Miller for Nemesnikov and a couple firsts in Tampa in 2018. Which I like that move, by the but way. But do you want do you want to pay that for your second line pair? That's what McDonough really was. I mean, in the end, because you have Hedman, who's your top D. So Tampa Tampa Fair. did that, and they won two cups. So you know, Topi Nimala is probably going to be the as good as Sandine, or maybe slightly less, slightly the similar player. From what I understand, I haven't scouted him. I don't live in Finland. <laughs> um, <laughs> Niemela is he's good right now it yeah it it, it all depends obviously on how everything goes from here on out but there's a a high ceiling there for him yeah he probably plays for the Marlies next year then the year after that he plays you know maybe in preseason if he looks good maybe he gets into 10 games and then the year after that he plays 82 ideally so that's how far away he is so do you get Chikrin who he's what got three years left or two years left I think he's got two years left after this. And I mean, we just locked Riley down and you're looking at what, I think we had two more years on Brody. So yeah, yeah, you got to start looking towards what the next couple of years look like, but there's the problem. I mean, you're going to have to sell a lot of this if you want to go for Chikrin right now. Yeah. Like, does that involve me? I think it does. I think it starts with him. And unless Nyes is the guy, I mean, Nyes, Nyes looks like a great piece as well, but, um, he's a middle six winger, you know, ideally, but he's still two or three years away, probably a similar timeline to Topi. So, um, 
then we have other players that are there as well. Abrazizi and um, Philip Voigt is another one. Um, yeah. And, and uh, who's the other Finnish Ro- one being? Um, Ronnie Hervenen. Hervenen. Hervenen yeah. Mala- or, sorry, uh, Roni Amirov, but I, I hate to say I, I don't know if he'll ever play professional hockey. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really unfortunate. I hope he uh, gets better. Did you hear there's another uh, prospect who was just diagnosed with uh, cancer? Yeah. Was Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's something you can. I mean, I know a bit about cancer. Sadly, my, my sister died of brain, can- brain cancer, which you guys wouldn't have known. But. Um, Oh, sorry. Brain cancer is tough. That's a tough one. Depends on what kind you have. It doesn't look like he's got the one that, say, Gord Downey would have had. But, yeah. But Hodgkin's lymphoma, yeah. I mean, Lemieux overcame that. I've had a few friends overcome that one. So so mm-hmm. have I, actually. So wishing the best for him. But, yeah, Rodion, just uh, really hoping we get more positive news from uh, from that end. Yeah, he's skating through chemo. What a guy. Insane. Insane. Yeah, it's insane. insane. So inspirational. Hockey aside, what a guy. So uh, just looking around the league, did you guys catch any of the Habs Oilers updates tonight? I saw that they were the Habs were winning. What ended up happening? Well, uh, my dad texted me freaking out about linesmen and how they can keep their jobs. There were three goals overturned for being offside in that game. Are you joking? Like, why do we even try to make calls on the ice during the play if we're just going to challenge them after in video review i'm kind of hot and cold on the you know when when the offside rule benefits the leafs i'm kind of like whatever it's fine i'm fine with that rule and then when <laughs> when it doesn't benefit <laughs> yeah, us we don't get I'm enough like, breaks. we need to change this rule you know I, i'm kind of a little weird on that it, rule because i think didn't we we won a, a challenge recently the offside a couple of games ago yeah games ago they're very few and far between that the Leafs actually win. Yeah, that was when um, we won. Uh, I can't remember who we played. Wasn't it? Even, yeah, I think it was Vancouver. That's who it was. See, that, Further that to my of, dad's text, he said, uh, how how late can they challenge it, by the way? Like, can a coach challenge while he's having a drink at the bar after the game on a missed call and go, fuck, that was offside. <laughs> <laughs> so who won um, it? I have who a, won the game? I didn't see it. Um, I didn't catch the end of it. I, uh, I'm sorry. So, Marty, we have a tradition of my dad texts me a lot during the games, and it's always something hilarious. So I uh, tend to read out my dad's texts, <laughs> the highlights of them at least. Holy, Nashville is up 8 nothing over San Jose. Um, Canadians won 5-2. Wow. So Montreal continues their streak under Marty. Mon- well, but Montreal- Arizona won 8-5. Montreal was always going to turn it around, right? They've got a better team than than their record they're, it's the same problem in Vancouver right Vancouver hated the coach they hated the GM and they hated the management and then they, so they met with Aquilini privately at a bar and I saw that those photos go around the internet and wow yeah they were at a bar downtown Vancouver and sure enough two weeks later everybody's gone jeez so never heard that side yeah of it. Vancouver Montreal probably felt the same way I mean, Descharmes should have never been the coach. It should have always been Claude Julien. I'm kind of a Claude Julien fan. I don't know why. Um, but Yeah, Descharmes kind of lucked his way into a really good lineup at a good time. Carey Price was like in his third prime of his career or fourth prime. Well, he's just I healthy mean, because he hadn't played because of the COVID, right? So he hadn't played. Nobody had played. So all the players who were fair. injured played really well that year. So Price could play through his injuries because he actually healed up a bit. Now he's not playing at all. Same. Weber, same thing. Yeah, exactly. So. Totally. Weber's never going to play. And again, him, by the way, he's he's uh, retiring. He's doing the Luong. Yeah, and he's got four or five years left on that deal. What were they thinking? Like they knew he was hurt. I just some of the moves that uh, that Bergevin made. I just I can't believe they all kept their jobs as long as they did. Yeah. Well, uh, getting to the finals sure yeah. helps, but I don't know. No kidding. Actually, that that would. You know what? Everybody in this Leafs current management, if they made the finals this year, would keep their jobs for the next decade. So, well, I think I actually that's think fair. that Dubis is safe for at least three years, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because if you make the I playoffs think... six years in a row, which it looks like they will, I don't know what next year will be like because I can't speak about that. I can only speak about the present. Um, Brian Burke didn't get into the playoffs. <laughs> JFJ got into the playoffs one time. Uh, and that was yeah. before the lockout, before the rules changed. And then Nonis accidentally locked into the playoffs because of a lockout. Um, 
Yeah, the only time I can think of somebody who was doing well and let go is like when the Raptors fired Dwayne Casey after he won Coach of the Year. It was like that's smart now, though. Yeah. Really smart. <laughs> yeah, right, and that that well, turned Saint, out to be Saint the best Louis decision. That, you know, St. Louis fired their coach. I can't remember the storyline, but the year, not the year they won the cup, or it was either the year before or the year before that, they fired their coach and traded. <sighs> Don't know. I can't remember off the. T- I'd have to look it up. I don't, I'm not prepared. Was that when they traded Stastny? Yeah, yeah, they traded him and fired their coach, and then made it in the playoffs and actually made it to the second round. They didn't have. But success. wasn't that the year they also traded for Ryan Miller? Probably. Yeah, yeah the, you're right. That, that was, was a weird year. year. That was weird because they were out of it and then they were in it. They got rid of kind of mm-hmm. these, made these weird changes and then did better. You never know. Hockey's weird, right? Why did they trade Stastny? Maybe, maybe he. Didn't get along with somebody in the dressing room, right? Yeah. And I mean, to move on to not getting along in the dressing room, the Leafs were scouting the Winnipeg-Dallas game. So my thought is, I mean, there's not, I don't think Dallas would be a seller at this point. I'm thinking it's Winnipeg. That locker room is a mess, man. Like, who could the Leafs be looking at in that game that you would want to bring into this atmosphere? PLD. Klingberg on Dallas and Dylan on Winnipeg. Yeah, or Demello, yeah, yeah. Demello as well. There's also Hockenpah on Dallas if they were willing to move him, or Hakanpa. I don't know how you say his name, but Hockenpah like I a... think is too too young for Dallas to move right now. Yeah, and that's why I like. I don't see Dallas as being huge sellers in this, other than the fact that Klingberg wants to move. I hate the Jets. <laughs> yeah, me too. They've They're got some good just, players, just but I hate p- them. <laughs> yeah, the vibe there is just awful, man. Um, Vegas, also kind of in a free fall um, since Eichel's joined the roster. We got patches out again, too. And Buffalo's looking good. So uh, what a weird, weird turn of events that trade turned out to it's be. This w- I mean, at least right away. This is like that swoon, right? That weird time after sort of the all-star break where teams don't, you're kind of sleepy. Like the Leafs are sleepy. Even Tampa's kind of had a few bad games. Um, Carolina had a bad game the other night, although they were, I think they won tonight. So, well, I mean, with the Eastern playoff positions pretty much set, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Like the mm-hmm. bottom teams are set, the top teams are set. No one's losing their playoff position. Yeah, you're right. No, they've. It's really hard to get up for this this game. Vancouver got up for it because they're in a playoff hunt. They're now two points back, right? So, makes sense why they're am, pushing. Am I, am I a bad person for wanting the Golden Knights to miss the playoffs? No, you're a good person no. for wanting that. Like, <laughs> Like it, it, it's it's kind of like the hockey gods saying, you know what? Yeah, you had your moment to shine. You shouldn't have been that good from the get go, and you're horribly mismanaging your salary cap to the point that your GM probably hasn't slept in two years. So let's just you know kind of equal things out Fleury. a little bit here. They like they did him dirty, right? So Flurry no and kidding. Schmidt, both of them. And I don't know if you guys follow basketball too much, but I see Vegas like the Brooklyn Nets where you can never like they have the stars, but they're never all healthy at the same time. And it's just on paper, the team looks good. But when they're actually out there, they just a bunch of stars together does not a team. That's make. the 2003 mm-hmm. Toronto Maple Leafs or 2099 to 2004 pre lockout Leafs. They were they made the Eastern Conference finals three times just because they had. Brian Leach, Ron Francis, Owen Nolan, like all kinds of Hall of Famers, right? Neuendijk, Roberts, Cujo, Belfour. Yeah, it's like the Hall of Fame, basically, right? Yeah, and I think everyone in Vegas has caught on to the fact that, you know, they're going to bring you in for a year, maybe two, and then you'll get moved out. So I think it's getting hard to buy into the system there. It, like I think the the effect is wearing off. They have a player that I really liked, and I wish we had tr- we had um, drafted Nick Haig. But yeah, yeah, they've got a couple of great pieces there. But I think they've made some really. I mean, they've made some huge trades. They've been one of the most fun teams since they joined the league to follow trade wise. But especially in a league that's usually boring for trades, it's a little too meta. But man, it's just... don't you think it's a little too meta to have a team in Vegas be a team that always goes all in? Like it's a little too like wow. That's art be art reflecting life. Uh, yeah, it's like it has to be worked into their branding. Like they're just we got to go all in all the time because especially when you're starting in a, a town like Vegas where they're not hockey fans, you got to make it. It's like you were saying about Vancouver being a small market. You got to go in all the time and you have to sell tickets all the time. Buzz. You have to create like, a buzz. Yeah. 
Exactly. And then how do you do that? You bring in Max Pacioretty, Jack Eichel, and, you know, everybody. So, like, I get it. It's just I don't think it's going to keep working for them. No. It's not sustainable. No, it's especially in a salary cap era. I think with the salary cap rising, which it will rise again, I think, you you know, you can play that game a little bit. But you have to fill your bottom six with drafts, draftees, and fill it out with, you know, cheap cheap options like Kasha or Camp or McKayev or Angles, yeah. Angles of the world or, or on Vancouver. They've got a whole slew of no-name guys, Highmore and Pearson and all these guys that are sort of your middle six spare parts that actually do a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, so, so like I was saying about how the playoff, like the top four in the East, I don't know if you've, anybody's been watching the standings that's listening, but the West is still a hunt in both of their divisions, but the East is kind of set. The top four teams in each division is pretty much locked, but there can still be jockeying position wise within those top four. Who do you want to match up with in the first round? If you're the Leafs, I mean, right. You could go for one of the wild cards, but right now it's most likely, you know, in the Florida, Tampa, Boston range. Ideally, Boston. I have to agree with how they've been playing this year. They're trending downwards. And I said that before this season started. That was our first episode. I said, I'm going to think this is the year that that Boston starts trending down finally. So I would love to beat them in the first round after everything that's happened. It'd be a great storyline to to beat them. But trust me, they're they're no easy out. There are literally no easy outs. Mm -hmm. Washington, we could beat them. I don't want them first, though. Because it's not realistic, we're not going to get them. They're going to be either wild card one or two. It's going to be either Tampa or Florida. And it looks like Florida. So, what are you going to do? I'm I'm okay with Florida because of the two Florida teams. I would rather go against Bobrovsky or Spencer Knight than Vasilevsky. Yeah, that's fair. But with the firepower that Florida's been able to put up, I mean, it's like every time I look at the score, they're scoring six goals. Uh, the goaltending has to get back on track if we're going to face up against Florida, right? Like that's what all they do is score. Their defense sucks. That's why they the spent all their ma- money on. That's forwards. why the chess match has to continue with Kyle. I mean, I remember maybe it was Lou five, six years ago or Babcock. They asked, they asked one of either Lou or Babcock, "Do you need to develop your team around your opponents within your division?" And they said, "No, we don't do that." And I thought that was kind of poor gamesmanship because you. You do have to think about your opponent's weakness if you want to. If you're in the same division, you have to. You don't have a choice, right? You have to create a team of that course. can beat that a style, especially if it's the opposite style. But the weird thing about Florida is they're I think they're this kind of same style as the Leafs, right? There. Yeah, and I think especially with now that they've changed the format of the playoffs, where second and third play each other, you kind of know who your opponent's going to be pretty early in the season, and that's. I mean, this year is a bit of an outlier, but it's kind of been the case most years where we know who they're going to play pretty early. So if you have that advantage before the trade deadline, I like I agree, you should address who you're going to be up against and what those weaknesses are, like if it's Florida or Tampa. Do you th- and I think they both play kind of similarly. I just think that Tampa's got a much better defense and goaltending than Florida. They've does. got some holes, though, this year, though. Tampa's not the juggernaut they were last year. Last year, they were basically an all-star team. They were unstoppable. Um I, 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 we didn't, we haven't talked about Carolina and the Rangers. Both of those teams are going to be tough. Pittsburgh too. Pittsburgh's going to be tough. And basically every team in the East is tough. Except for maybe Washington. Who sucks? Yeah. And the goaltending, it's like you got Spencer Knight, Vasilevsky. There's, um, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, Shesterkin, like Jari. It doesn't matter who we're up against. Freddie Anderson. The East is, the, the, Anderson, the East is full of insanely hot goalies this year. Did we make a mistake with Anderson, like, you think? This has been... Uh, I I keep seeing so much of this, and I, I want to just go to whoever's talking about Anderson and scroll through to their tweets from two years ago and see if they were you know, saying the same thing about Anderson then, because I guarantee they were. Would, did like, he get 5 he, times 5? Or 5.5 5 times 5? What did he get in the end? Um, I'll look get it up three. Here, Thanks. Thanks, Bean. Um, I just I feel like with Anderson, everybody's forgetting that he he was hurt and his play was inconsistent and he basically collapsed in the playoffs in the first round every year. If he does that with Carolina this year, then all of this goes out the window. Like if Carolina just collapses 
first round goaltending wise. That's it. If you have Jack he, he and got, Fred, right? Go ahead. What, what did he get? Sorry, sorry. He got four point five times two. So he only got a million more than Mrazek, right? Or no, Mrazek got two point five. Sorry. Or did he get three? <laughs> I can't remember. Mrazek got three. Yeah. So just just over three. So is Anderson a case of the fans running somebody out of town and the media just listening to really all the noise? I think so. You have to make the, I think it was Friedman said in the off seasons. And I liked what he said. Cause I, I do think that, you know, the definition of insanity, you got, you guys know what that is, but so you do have to make a change for it's best for both parties, but yeah. hindsight is always 2020, 20, right? You can say, well, yeah, everybody needed a change, but man, we shouldn't have changed, you know? It's like he's selling your 99 Civic and buying a 2015 Civic instead of yeah. instead of an electric vehicle or something when gas prices are two bucks. It's like, yeah, man, I should have just kept the 99. <laughs> Driven it until the ground until I could get this Tesla. Yeah, we also wouldn't be looking for a winger if we didn't trade Mason Marchment. I mean, you can just go down the list, but like... Yeah, we got bunting. Every, like that was, we, that was our win, right? Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose in hockey. Yeah, and... Everybody was confident in Jack. He played his way into the starting position. He was great in the playoffs. He didn't lose those games. And Freddie was hurt. Like, he wasn't playing the full year at all. And he was awful when he came back to the AHL. Like, he he couldn't play there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was no sign that he was going to be as good as he is this year. Nobody could have predicted that. I was watching the TNT broadcast a couple of weeks ago, and they, or not even a couple of weeks ago, um, and they, I think it was the Pittsburgh game, and the guys were talking about how hard it is in Toronto because of the pressure, the media pressure, and they talked about, I think Mrazek may have played that game, and saying, you know, he's a good goalie at, regardless of the pressure in Toronto. So that's kind of interesting to have, especially a U.S. broadcast, know about it and talk about it. And I wonder if sometimes, especially Leafs Nation, forgets how difficult it is under the extreme scrutiny of every piece of minutia that is the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know. Goaltending, it's the hardest It's the hardest job to do when you have that kind of scrutiny. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I don't think it's easy to play any position in Toronto without being put under the microscope. And goaltending is just like, it's the only one that's set aside from everybody else. Like, you can just focus in on that and... I mean, we did it to Freddie. We did. We've done it to every, like Reimer and Bernier got the, exactly the same treatment that we're giving um, uh, Mrazek and Jack. Bernier right now. deserved it. He was never a first. He was never a starting goalie, right? But he's he's no. looked good. He's like in the last couple of years, he's actually looked pretty good. So yeah, he was a good goalie. It's just we can't develop. You can't develop that. You can't develop a goalie in Toronto because of the pressure. I think we we're okay to admit that. I think can we admit that? Yeah. Yeah, we, we've basically ruined the careers of Ian Scott and, and Joseph Wall, who were both world junior goalies. The, the Leafs haven't developed a goalie since Felix Potvin, realistically. No offense to Reimer, but... Yeah. Um, and I just got to quickly hear... Oh, what is this? Jumping in for the last 10 minutes here, because better late than never. I don't mind. I don't mind. It is... You guys were killing it. Did it, Darty Broder. And you know what? It's it's hilarious that, like, you know, I jump into the last portion of an episode and we're talking tendies. And, you know, it's <laughs> it's almost like how many times do we have to have this conversation about, uh, you know, this city just completely destroying, you know, goaltenders. Like, we just, like, we're just a meat grinder for goaltenders, right? Like, like I, I can go on Facebook Marketplace right now and find a Vesa Toscala jersey for $10. <laughs> But, you know, oh, on the topic, dirty. I mean, I, so I'm I'm out here in Vancouver, so I kind of know all the dirt on the on the Canucks. And when Brian Burke was fired randomly out of the blue before the lockout ended or just as the lockout was ending, the re, one of the reasons he was fired is because he had a deal for Luongo go, to go to the Leafs. And Luongo turned it down in the end, and Brian was pushing hard, and it just didn't work out. It was Luongo for Kadri, I, I believe that's the rumor. And, wow. But Lou, he's kind of like the, a guy that knows, well, it's hard enough in Vancouver. Playing in Toronto would have just been a dumpster fire. Because, you, you know, you kind of need a guy like Belfour, like a, a guy who's a little bit screwed up in the head to play in a market like Toronto. So you, you do need an experienced guy. You do need somebody who kind of doesn't care about the media, a little bit of that aloofness. So that's why Freddie worked for so long. But 
I think it gets to you, right? And it's crazy that you brought up Luongo because, like, wasn't he the captain at some point or offered the captaincy? Mm-hmm. He was and, like, the captain. Im- it was dumb. He was the yeah, captain. Stupid. Yeah. Imagine being the captain and a goaltender in this market in Toronto. You would you wouldn't be able to walk the nope. streets. Like, you need a bodyguard. <laughs> everything Jack's been getting plus everything Tavares has been getting. No thanks. No thank you. No one would sign up for that. Yeah, I I'm not sure what the future holds for Jack, but. I do hope he. I hope he turns it around. He's he's obviously a good goalie, but he's played more games than he's ever played. I think that's part of the story. And mm-hmm. I think the flu. We'll chalk it up to the flu. But <laughs> can I throw a crazy name out there? Since we're talking about somebody who would be able to withstand the Toronto media pressure, it's just a little not normal. Uh, what about um, Jordan Bennington, who's kind of playing his way out of St. Louis? I've thought about him. He's from Toronto, right? He's an Aurora boy. Yeah, he I played think. for Owen Sound. Yeah, he could fit here. I I make fun of him a lot because of his outbursts, but I mean, is that not the kind of vibe that you want to push outwards to the Leafs? Like, don't take shit, you know. If that comes from your goalie, that's an easy way to bleed it through the rest of the team. It's hard to know what Dubas he- is thinking with goaltending. It really, honestly, is. This is a position that I don't. I'm not sure what he's thinking. I've told you what I thought. Yeah, and I don't think tonight made it any easier. I think I, I told you what I think Dubas is thinking with defense. It's Chikrin. But I don't know what Dubas is thinking with goaltending. It's not clear at all in any way. I, th- yeah. I think Bennington would almost be going a little too far. Um, like, I loved Belfour. But Belfour was that way, and he, he could back it up. Like, I know every goalie has bad games. But I think Bennington's too too much of a loose cannon. Like he's Fair. he's a, a Hextall or a Belfour without the Vesnas, right? But I mean, he did basically carry St. Louis to a Stanley Cup. Like he he was outstanding in that run. So he did. He's and like Ro- Jack. He's shown an upside. Dwayne Rolson carried the Oilers to the Stanley Cup final in 0506. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes fair. a goalie can get hot for weird reasons, right? I totally agree with that. Yep. Yeah. Do you think that Scott, uh, Wall, Pesca, or Art, I can't pronounce the guy's name. Do you think we've got an okay. option in Oct- a year or two? Or is are those pipe dreams? I mean, speaking from having played games where I've simmed far enough years into the future that Akhtiyamov <laughs> is my starting goaltender, I really hope that's actually something that happens. All of his, uh, he's the one that's the highest rated as a prospect. Just, I mean, I don't, that's the only research I do on prospects. Pesca has a better games. record this year. Really? Um, he, looks, he looks really good. But of course the K, it's not really, or it's yeah. the VHL, right? So it's like, what is it worth, right? Jo- Joseph Wall is a fairly high prospect. I, I see a lot of potential in him. Ian Scott was kind of there. It was kind of like one of those flyer draft picks. Just kind of take them and hope you can develop them. He's run into a lot of injury problems. So I don't think Scott, unfortunately, will be the answer. I can I can see it with Wall. Um, and then w- whenever you could get those other two kids over here, then you could kind of really get some good eyes on them and get your, your development staff to basically get at them. Um. But yeah, a, a, it, goaltending is such a crapshoot, and the Leafs haven't done a good job in developing any kind of goaltender ever. Agreed. Has anyone in the Leafs system not been injured? Like, what is with this curse of everybody we draft and everyone in the Marlies is out for like extended periods of time and just sets back their whole development? I feel like it's every single top prospect we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's frustrating. I mean, injuries happen. It's kind of bad luck. Yeah, you're, you're right, though. I mean, even Nimala, he's injured right now. Is, was it Nice injured? Is. Yep. Amirov. Ty, Ty Voigt just got injured uh, just, last week, I think. Just all of them, yes. I think it par- partially the lockdown, What? how many AHL games have there been in the last two years, too? Yeah, they could all be, you know, they're not in the same shape that they were. Uh, so just moving off the Leafs to something kind of f- fun and weird that happened. John Cooper gets tossed out of the Tampa game uh, by Wes McCauley for incessantly chirping. Uh, I've, I mean, you see this in baseball all the time, managers getting tossed. The last baseball game I went to, uh, John Gibbons got thrown out for the uh, Blue Jays. So 
You don't see this in in hockey, though. I mean, I don't even think Torts has ever been thrown off the bench in mid game. Have you guys seen Torts this? has been Torts has been thrown out. Um, I haven't seen yeah. it in a long time. It was cool. <laughs> it was cool. I was Mar- like, yeah, go, Coop. Marty. Marty, does does it? Did that make you think of Pat Burns versus um, Melrose in the '93 playoffs? Oh man, I love Pat Burns. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Burns, yeah, he, he was he, feisty. He was incredible. He was feisty. I don't know if you guys know uh, John Boy Media, but he does lip readings of interactions between uh, athletes and coaches and refs and umpires and things. So I really hope he uh, he lip reads this one because I want to know what John Cooper was saying because they'll never release that audio. But I just want somebody to go through <laughs> and pick out like whatever they can find from those clips. Because what I heard from uh, I don't know if it was Fridge or Merrick, but they said, um, you know, you can you can say things to the refs if you pull them aside and scream in their ear. They'll take it. But you can't, you know, do it out in the open in front of everybody. And, you know, that's that's going to get you thrown out. I mean, it's like you, you can't do that at any job. The way the officiating's been this year, though, they deserve it. I don't blame like, I'm sorry. It's like we said, Darty, uh, earlier tonight, the Oilers-Habs game, three calls, over three goals overturned for offside. Like the officiating linesman and refing it, both of them. It's just it's been so bad this year, and I feel like it's getting worse every month. Was it was it Cooper who was yeah. ranting too about how uh, Pittsburgh never gets calls in this league? Like they're the yeah. yeah. Did you John Tavares never gets did calls? You get the, did you guys read the piece on Matthews? I I saw was it Siegel who wrote it up in the Athletic? I didn't read it, but I saw it posted. What's his thesis like? Oh, I missed that. Why is Matthews not getting calls? I just think he just doesn't play that kind of game. <laughs> People, players know to stay away from him. They're like, with he can, he can stick handle in a phone booth. So we're, what's the point? You know, we're not going to get our sticks up on his hands. You know, I guess they know, maybe. So can McDavid though, but McDavid's called what the most, most or second most. He's right up there with Bunting. McDavid plays yeah, a different I, style I don't know. though. I, does McDavid really play the I can? Stick handle in a phone booth, like Matthews <laughs> dangling all over the place tonight. McDavid's style is more like uh, entry, fat, quick entry, entry, and split the D. Whereas Matthews doesn't really play yeah. that kind of game. So you're right, though. It you know you wonder. Yeah, I find Matthews plays the puck a lot closer to his body, so there's less of like when he gets around people, they're not so far away that they're reaching with their stick or something because he's gotten so far around them. Whereas McDavid is, is very much like he uses a lot of the ice to get around through, you know, three or four people as he does. And he throws the puck very, you know, pretty far out ahead of him. And he, cause he's faster than everybody. So because that's there, everyone's kind of scrambling and they stick their sticks at him and they trip him and hook him and things. So I, I feel like McDavid just gets, like you said, he plays the way that's going to draw more penalties. I feel like JT should draw a lot more than, he does. Like, I feel like every game he's getting hooked and pulled down every time he gets close to the net and there's nothing on him. Yeah, he plays that style. Really, like, low center of gravity, protects the puck, where you'd think that he would get more calls, but he doesn't. He doesn't whine, though. Yeah. I don't think he's, like, like to throw, to use a Vancouver example, because we played the Canucks tonight. I mean, Kessler was famous for complaining about every shift, you know. Why didn't I get that call, ref? Or Burroughs, man, that guy. Uh, complain about everything <laughs> i don't think uh john Tavares complains to the refs you know no i don't th- I, but i feel like he was getting frustrated like especially with 13 games of not scoring i feel like it was starting to get to him you know when you get to the close to the net and people are hooking you and things he was definitely getting i i I've, i don't remember if it was in a post game that but somebody definitely asked him about calls and he he mentioned something about it but it was pretty late in his streak so it takes a while for it to start to really get to him um, so another quick one before we sign off here, um, Arizona beats Ottawa eight to five this afternoon and Schmaltz has a seven point outing with two goals and five assists. Uh, so Arizona's winning, Montreal's winning, Buffalo's winning, uh, Vegas is in a free fall. What the hell? <laughs> Garbage it's like time. we were saying, like a lot of these games don't matter for the top teams that are playing bottom feeders mm-hmm. and the bottom feeders have a lot to prove and a bunch of young guys that don't want to get traded in the next two weeks. So it's just weird. Who cares about that game? It's weird. <laughs> I have you ever seen a stretch of two or three weeks with this many goals? Like I, I've never seen this many games that are like six, seven, eight goals a game, like on both sides. That's the one thing I'll say about cherry picking bad games of the Leafs is that every all the teams are kind of having these games right now, and I don't understand mm-hmm. what's going on. I don't actually know. Is it conditioning because of the pandemic? Maybe. 
who knows yeah i'm I'm really like i've i've never seen this many eight goal games like i feel like it was a while before any team scored six or seven goals this year and then now it's like every game there's 15 goals it's crazy i think flashback Uh, to the 80s nope you go bean my apologies oh sorry dirty i was just saying flashback to the 80s yeah that's why I was thinking. Uh, so back a couple couple episodes back, I jokingly said that uh, we may need to bring in the uh, the goalie bullpen because it's looking like you're going to need a a starting goalie and a closing goalie because <laughs> for these eight goal games, right? Like maybe you know, like say what was it uh, the Detroit game, right? When uh, Campbell was doing so well, then all of a sudden in the third, just completely uh, you know pooped the bed and uh, hell, just maybe we need to start getting, moving on to having someone just close off the game for you. Cause like how many, like this, I've never seen it this many times where it's eight goal games. It's wild. No, it's ridiculous. Never. This is insane. So maybe this flu <laughs> that this magical flu that we've been crediting everything with is making its way through the whole league. Who knows? Reasonable take. Yep. Magical <laughs> flu. <laughs> uh, so, um, man, we got it. Uh, we spent a lot of time on things I didn't expect to, but we'll have to uh, save some things for another time. Marty, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been a pleasure. Dudes, thanks for having me. Really awesome. Thank you. And uh, Darty, always thanks for jumping in there <laughs> as our <laughs> little little late edition. And Beaner, always a pleasure. Thanks, sir. All right. So, uh, Marty, where can the people find you? I'm on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> He's a citizen of the internet, folks. No, I'm... Uh, the intraweb. I mean, on... Twitter, I'm TML fan in van, um, but I'm, as you guys have alluded to, I'm a composer, musician, singer, songwriter in Vancouver, and was lucky to have some some love from Hockey Night in Canada last season, and also Thirty Two Thoughts, the podcast this in the last couple of weeks, which has been great. So, uh, wow, congrats! Yeah, and I have my song "Rattle the Glasses" on two or three podcasts as the theme song, which is incredible. It blows my mind that that even happened, because when we were recording, we joked. You know, wouldn't it be awesome if we did all these things like got on Hockey Night in Canada, et cetera, et cetera, and we did it. So there you go. It's been fun. Well, congratulations. Uh, I have to say, I mean, I I, uh, I went to school for Canadian music industry things. I know it's not easy. So congrats to you for, uh, for breaking through all those walls that Canada puts in front of us for music. I'm lucky I've done a lot of cool stuff with music and continue to do it. Um, yeah. Good for you. It's fun. What, what, I, I can't wait to hear more about what you're doing these days. Yeah, thanks. We'll have to have you back on because uh, this has been great. I appreciate it so much. Before you go, before you uh, go, is... Blue Jackets, Maple Leafs, Monday. Who? What's the, what are we? Oh, we, we, we got to at least establish oh, yeah. uh, uh, you know predictions before we head off. Eight to Toronto. Right. <laughs> <laughs> One eight, what, eight, eight six. There you go. There's a better score. Eight six. Yeah, so we're gonna assume Mrazek starting. What do we think? He gets pulled after four. Campbell finishes the game. Uh, so there you go. Closing tendy. <laughs> Who knows? But they still win it. Who yeah. knows? I hope they win. It's, yeah, that's all we can do is hope they win. I can't even make a prediction at this point because every game, like we we're just saying, the scores are just getting crazy. I don't want to get into betting on hockey at this point. Eight two. Like, let's just let's. Can we actually just spank the Blue Jackets? Because like I'm sick of them. Oh, I hope. I'm tired of them. Oh, I hope. Awesome guys. We'll see you on the internet. Thank you so much. We're out. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more.